0: time like this is uh, a bit of, emo- of an emotional time, and rightly so. Uh, you as a congregation here at Peckway have received a, a gift as an additional leader here in this team this evening. And um, I bless these four couples for your willingness to say, Lord, if you want me, I'm okay with it all four of you, and I bless you for that tonight. I, I am so blessed at the the young couples that we have in our congregations today that are willing to be used in this way. And uh, yeah, like Brother Ben said, some of us have have kind of far surpassed that young category and uh, appreciate the words uh, Brother Arlen shared earlier this evening as a young man. Uh, yeah, I know I know how it feels to be young and maybe uh, a bit intimidated in leading out, and uh, God gives grace. He, yes, he does. Uh, maybe a bit of interest, uh, there's, there's at least, including this one, there's at least uh, three ordinations I know of today that I was rather interested in. Uh, one of those uh, ordinations was in uh, Abbeville, South Carolina this evening. I was a little surprised to see Larry and Carla here, I think her brother Uh, It was in the lot there. I did not hear the results of that. Interestingly, there was uh, also an ordination back home in our community in the New Order Amish Church, and a young man, also the youngest one in the lot, was chosen there. I know this young man, probably barely 30 years old, and a very, very good young man. This service this evening, Will impact the Peckway congregation for many years, and I want to bless Matt for his willingness to to take on this calling. Brother Matt, you will be filling an important role that Brother Mel, I believe, very faithfully filled the last 30 years. I want to just remind you that 30 years isn't really as long as it may sound to some of you young men here tonight. It goes by so swiftly. Yes, it does. And uh, may God bless you in this uh, transition. Brother Mel as well, I, what you did, what you're doing here is uh, something that is in the making for myself to be replaced as bishop back home, hopefully within the next year, year and a half. Not quite sure yet. We have not set a time. Brother Matt, we believe that God has called you and given you a particular gifting in this role and will continue to grow that gift and passion as you commit and dedicate yourself to this work. I know you're a young man. God has given you that calling and he will give you the grace as you obediently follow his way. You have been given a multi-charge this evening it may sound like a, a big catalog of things. It probably does. And I know when I was ordained, I was, uh, I was very grateful that evening that not everything that's going to be required of me was on a overhead that night that I could see it. I probably couldn't have moved ahead if it would have been. But you've been given a multi-charge of joining the leadership team here at Peckway. You know, you will be called upon, even as, a, as you have been in the past as a brother in the church, possibly in a bit different way, you will be called upon for your voice and counsel in matters pertaining to the congregation here. You will be assisting in the preaching. You will be entrusted with the finances here. At times, being involved in personal work and needs among the congregation. You know, assisting the ministry team in, in teaching and mentoring. Being there for your people I, that I believe you have a heart for here at Peckway. Reaching out to the hurting and the struggling. I want to say tonight, at the same time, providing for the physical, spiritual, and emotional needs of your wife and family. They will still be your first responsibility. May God bless you in this. This is an assignment that's too big for one person in his own strength, but it's not too big for God and his grace and his enablement that I believe he is waiting and already has given to you and will continue to grow that in you and the gifts and enablement that he's already given you. We serve an almighty God that cares about us tonight, and he is providing for this congregation tonight in a very, very good way. And uh, the thing that blessed me so much in, in talking to the two brethren that are sitting up here tonight, the, uh, the peace that they had about all four of you couples, and I bless you for that. You know, the church has voiced, may I say, an affirmation for all of you. Yes, they have. Keep doing what you're doing. Your calling may not be the same as Brother Matt's, or maybe at a later time, we don't know. But keep doing what you're doing. Second Corinthians 12:9. The Lord spake to the Apostle Paul when he felt a bit overwhelmed, maybe a bit how Matt feels right now, the way I felt about 33 and a half years ago. I was maybe a few years older than you are this evening. This is the words that were shared with me a number of times where it says, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. We can't do it on our own strength, Matt. We can't. Brother Matt, this promise is for us today. You know, it's something that I can testify that has been very real to me. You know, I was also a young man, and I remember lamenting to my brother-in-law after I was ordained. And I said, there's only two or three men in church that are younger than I am, which which that was the fact at the time. And uh, he looked at me and he said, let no man despise thy youth. But be thou an example of the believer. And uh, you kind of have to know my brother-in-law to say this because uh, yeah, he, he's also a minister, has been for many years. It was good advice for me. And uh, in these 33 years, I didn't always get it right. I made mistakes. There were times when I felt like I just wasn't getting it. His grace is there. It's available. You know, when you're suddenly called to walk with a family that has lost a loved one. You know, when when you may, may be getting a phone call, like I did one time at 2.30 in the morning, you never want to get phone calls then. But it happened. Older brother in church, dear old brother, couple that had never had any children as such but they probably had a hundred of us as their children in Bible school this brother called me at two thirty in the morning and said his wife just passed away and I remember looking at my wife and I you know she was awake by then and I said what do I do and she told me Enos needs you right now you know by the time uh, by the time most of our church people got up that morning, the funeral plans were all plan- planned and made. And you know, those are, those are, may I say, times of tremendous blessing, to be able to walk th- with someone through that time. But when you're reaching out to, to someone that is struggling, that's ready to throw in the towel, you know they've, they've tried and they fell again. And they're just waiting for someone to reach out I believe you've probably done some of that already, and I bless you for that. But there will be times that they're gonna be relying on you, looking to you, as they believe in you. They trust your word, trust your judgment. You know, it's not about having the right words, and that was one of the things that I struggled with a lot at the beginning. I, I remember being at a, at a funeral one time, of my first, my first cousin's father died in an accident, and I remember uh, coming through the visitation line and, and uh, putting my arm around my cousin, and I said, I don't really know what to say. And he said, you don't have to say anything. You're, you're here. That's what counts. And I'd like to just give you that as a challenge. It's not so much having the right words, but to be there for, for your people in a time when they need you. And they can feel there's that connection, they can feel that you care. That is so important. I want to shift the emphasis a little bit this evening to the laity here at Peckway. And I'm gonna read a few verses in First Thessalonians chapter five. For those of you that care to turn to that. First Thessalonians chapter five, verses 12 and 13. Just a bit of a appeal to the congregation in your, in your responsibility to your to your mini, to the ministry here, and may I say especially to Brother Matt and Ariana. And uh, it says here, we beseech you, brethren to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. I believe Brother Ben just gave in his reading just gave reference to some of those phrases a few minutes ago. You know, it says here, we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you. You know, I, I, I challenge you this evening, regardless what congregation you're from, do you know your leaders? Do you know your ministers? Do you really know them, the way I believe it's asking in here? He says, I beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you. You know, you're, as was already mentioned, I believe uh, Brother Arlen shared, we as a ministry, we are flesh and blood like the rest of you are. I recognize that we have been given a responsible calling, but we're not on some plateau way up here that the rest of you can't reach and get to. God help us if it's that way. We are one of you. Yes, we are. You know, your ministry team here needs your friendship. Yes, they do. Matt and Ariana are gonna continue to need friends. You other three couples are very, gonna be very vital in them moving ahead in this. I, I wanna encourage you in that. I, there's one couple back in church that was in the lot with us all these years ago, and they're probably still today one of the first ones to give us a anniversary card or leave something in our car. You know, I remember the how they felt, and I don't know how you brethren feel tonight. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I I don't know what it's like to be in your shoes. I was in the lot twice, and I was I'm a bishop, and so I don't know what that feeling would be like. To wow. <laughs> This feels a relief. I don't know. But, you know, this couple has been such a blessing to us. And I remember them coming to us afterward. I mean, they were so, so happy. They had not been in our church. They came from the old order just a few years prior. And, uh, you know, they just, it was almost like they wanted to do everything for us because they were so happy that it was not them. They have been such pillars, such tremendous blessings to us all these years you know, have raised a good family and just have been there for us. They're solid. I believe that's what God wants all of you to do, to be tonight. Be there, not only for Matt and Ariana, but for the ministry team here, for this congregation. Be there for them. To the congregation here, as you accept your new deacon, accept and embrace him as a gift from God, because he is. The Lord made this choice tonight. Brother Matt and Ariana did not ask for this. Didn't campaign for this, I, I highly doubt. But they were they have been called by God through the church, voiced, and God made that choice this evening. Be kind to them. Be kind to his wife, to their children. We didn't have any children, or I guess we had one real small son at the time, but None of our children have any memories of when this happened. And uh, yes, it's been a while ago. But as I, as I make an appeal to you tonight, yes, Brother Matt is not where he is by his own doing or choosing to be there, but simply by a willingness for God to use him in this way. In fact, all four of these couples are, not, are where they are this evening because of a loyalty and a commitment that they have shown to this congregation and an affirmation that has been voiced from this church, and that's why you're sitting up here tonight. I bless you for that. That's the kind of couples that we need in our congregations today that are plugged in, that care about this congregation. You know, God has made that choice this evening. Embrace the choice. Receive him with joy as a gift. You know, your ministry team here at Peckway, including Brother Matt, as I mentioned, are flesh and blood like you are. They have feelings and emotions. They have frustrations and yes, sometimes maybe feelings of failure, like we're just not quite getting it. Maybe, maybe it's just me, Ben. But we're real people. Yes, we are. You know, we do have emotions and feelings as well. We have strengths, and yet we also have some weaknesses. That's why I just am blessed by my co-ministers at home. There's not a one of us that contains it all. We have temptations just like you do. And you know, sometimes I, I don't say this in a lamenting way, but I think sometimes when we face a heavy amount of responsibility and it just looks like a, a mountain in front of us. It almost seems like the, the temptations to despair or be discouraged almost intensify. And uh, I, just, I just challenge you as a congregation, pray for your leadership. You know, it's not always as easy as it looks on the surface sometimes. You know, you don't see some of the struggles that we go through behind the scenes in trying to line our, line our own flesh and will, may I say, and cast it before the Lord, you know, and allow him to use us in what he wants us to step ahead and do. When it looks so big, this charge this evening does not remove humanity. It does not move, remove the fact that we are mortal beings that have needs, in our own lives, sometimes it does not remove the fact that we don't always get it right. Sometimes we don't. First Thessalonians 5:12 says, "We beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you." You know, I believe this is a a continual, may I say, an assignment that I want to challenge you with tonight. Learn to know your ministry team. You know, do a breakfast with them. Send them a text. Maybe a text like, I know you're facing something heavy right now, but I just want you to know I'm praying for you. I have gotten so many texts like that. In fact, I, yeah, there's, there's, there's a number of our brothers that do that, but I have to think of one in particular that has done that so much recently and has been such a blessing. You know, or he will give me a text, are you preaching Sunday? And then I will text him back and say, yes, I am you know, and then he returns another text. It's like he cares about what's happening. You know, he knows that sometimes the load is heavy. You know, it may be a card or a note in the mailbox just is simply saying, thank you for what you're doing. I've been a recipient of this so many times. We can't live on affirmations. We can't live on gifts. and having people do good things for us, but sometimes it's, it's the whole thing of bringing us out of the possibility of despairing and saying, how can I do all this? And it's like these people believe in me. They care about me. You know, these, these things mean so much. October, incidentally, is Pastors Appreciation Month. I don't know how many of you are aware of that. and. Uh, I didn't know there was anything like it until about four or five years ago, until our church people started doing some things for us in October. And, uh, I mean, it, 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 was, it was pretty interesting. It was, uh, yeah, it was a very good time. Uh, a few years ago, in the month of October, they had it all planned that all of us ministers would get, would get uh, for that whole month, every week we would get something. And uh, part of the fun of the whole thing for them was to, to drop it off unseen. I mean, we may hear something late in the evening and uh, go out and look, and there, there was a gift, but nobody was in sight. They were gone. And you know, they had so much fun doing that. And uh, just, uh, I think it was about a year or two later, our youth were in charge of something similar to that. They did like a 12 Days of Christmas. Maybe I'm giving you some suggestions, young people. Anyway, they had so much fun doing this, but I I don't know how many different little packages or gifts or cards or gift cards or something we got in that 12 days, but every day we got something. And they had so much fun, and their goal, of course, again, was to sneak in and sneak out, not to be seen. And... um, A lot of strange hours, such things showed up at our place. Last Sunday, they had a special dinner for us at church. I mean, they went all out with fried chicken, and it, it it was amazing. Why do I say these things? They care about us. They really do. Sometimes I feel undeserving of all this. I believe your leaders here have also received some things from you. And I'd like to challenge you, continue that. Don't wait. Incidentally, October's almost over. Don't wait till next October. It's almost a year. I think October is terminating later tonight, if I'm correct on that. Don't wait for a sp- specific time. You know, something that we do not do at home, and I, I'm not sure if you do, I didn't really notice in your bulletin, that I know some churches put in who's preaching and then who's preaching the next Sunday. And I believe it gives people an opportunity to make contact, and I, I, we've thought about doing that at home as well. You know, as I, as I look at what it says here, learn to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Learn to know Brother Matt. Learn to know Sister Ariana. Learn to know them. They also need friends. Verse 13 says, and to esteem them very highly for their work's sake. I just said a few moments ago, we're not on some plateau that can't be reached. That's not what this verse is saying either. No, it's not. It's the calling that we are appealing to you to give respect to. Incidentally, I probably would not preach this message at home. There are others who have done that in our home church. But I, you know, I appeal to you, honor them for where God has placed them. Not a one of them have made this their, may I say, their, their goal or choice to be in the ministry team. I, I, I highly doubt. At the same time this evening, I do not lament there are so many blessings. I have learned to know so many friends, other brothers in the ministry because of also being in the, in the ministry team. Ministers meetings and a lot of just traveling and getting around. Learn to know them, esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. It means to give honor and respect because of the calling that God has given them. Not because of who we are or who they are, but because of the calling that God has entrusted in them and also that you as a congregation have entrusted through your voice as, as being, possibly being one of your leaders. Verse 13b here says, and be at peace among yourselves. The cards, the notes, the taxes, the flowers, the gift cards, They are powerful tokens that make us realize that you're pulling for us, that you care about us. They are so powerful. But there's something else. There is no greater gift that I know of that you can ever give to your leadership team, ever, to your new deacon, and that is to be a peacemaker in the brotherhood here. Why does it say it here? It says, and be at peace among yourselves. I give that appeal tonight, promote peace and unity. You know, sometimes it may mean to simply silence some gossip that you hear or whatever it might be. Don't ever pass something on negative without going directly to the source. I think we've all been guilty of that, possibly. You know, Matthew says blessed or happy are the peacemakers. There's a promise for the peacemakers. The greatest gift I believe that you can ever give to your leadership team here at Peckway is to not only support them, to be pulling for them, may I say to have their back, but also to promote peace and unity among yourselves. Such a gift, yes it is, it's so powerful. Blessed and happy are the peacemakers. Hebrews 13, also reading verses 7 and 17. Verse 17 says, excuse me, verse 7, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Pray for them. Remember them. I believe it means to remember them in your prayers. Be conscious. Of, of some of the things that they're going through, maybe some difficulties that they might be going for, through as they prepare for messages, personal work, as, as they do some of the hard things. You know, I was told when I was ordained that uh, a brother came to me afterward and he said, you know, you're going to find that, that preaching the word will probably be one of the easier things in ministry. And you know, as I was sitting there as a terrified 30-year-old, really? It didn't make a lot of sense to me right then. A couple years later, I started to understand and realize what he said. I'm not saying this in, in a lamenting way. Because I want to say that some of the toughest things that I've had to deal with in my ministry, tough things working with people trying to help them walk through really hard things, have turned out to be some of the greatest blessings that I've ever had in my ministry. But now, even though that evening when he told me that, I thought now probably preaching was one of the most scary things I could think of at that point. But it is a blessing. Yes, it is. But sometimes it's some of those tough things that we have to deal with behind the scenes that maybe a lot of you never find out about. Be praying for your leaders. You know, if you know about a situation, don't be interested in the details of that situation. Pray for your leaders, f- for wisdom and what they're doing. That what they do as they reach out, as they touch lives, that they can be able to do this for the, in the best interest of those that are involved. Nobody, nobody is a failure in the congregation you know, I think we should be willing to get our hands dirty sometimes. We're not perfect as leaders. May God give us a passion. May you, may you as a church have a passion to reach out to your leaders when they're facing some of the tough things. It goes on to say, Obey them and submit yourselves verse, in verse 17. Also here in Hebrews 13. Obey them that have the rule over you. And submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy. We heard about joy this evening. That they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. I don't like the, I don't like the word here in the King James where it says those that rule over you. To me that, that sounds a little bit harsh. It doesn't sound like a servant leading the flock of God. But I think you understand what the meaning is here. Those that have given, been given that calling to lead you, to warn you, he says, obey them and submit yourselves. Your leadership team has been given the responsibility and the call to uphold the doctrines and the guidelines and the policies of this congregation. Don't make it difficult for them. Pull for them. Stand behind them. Even if you maybe don't understand, sometimes the choices that we have to make are not as easy as it may appear. Sometimes those choices are tough. They are not policemen. Neither are they politicians. They are servants of an almighty God serving to your best interest. That is our call as leaders. Yes, it is. God has called us to care about every one of you, given us that responsibility to watch for your souls. We want you to finish well. We want you to make it safe on the other side. That's our calling. Yes, it is. Pray for us. Pray for your leaders. They're watching out for you. They're looking out for you. They want what's best for you. They care about your, about your heart and your own struggles as well. Yes, they do. They want what's best for you. Even when, it, when they have to do the tough thing and say, this is what you need to do. Because they care about where you're going to end up at the end of the road. Yes, they do. We're going to stand before an almighty God one day and, what, and give account to how we've handled the flock of God. What we have done, how much our hearts have gone out and really cared about your souls, and not just how good you make us as a church look. That's not the issue, friends, no it's not. God has called us to care about you, as he has. Says they watch for your souls, they're looking out for you. They have your best interest in mind. I trust the leadership here that that is true. I really do. I believe they have their, your best interest in mind. They want you to finish well. I just want to share just a few words yet to, uh, to Brother Matt. Your wife and your children are your first responsibility. And I just want to, I just want to give you a caution You know, it's easy sometimes for us just to throw ourselves in the work. And uh, I know one time, one time my wife had to leave a note on my desk and remind me that my busy involvement, and it wasn't only church work, it was also other work as well. And she had to kind of remind me that she would also like a part of me. Be very careful. Your dear wife has feelings. She also needs you just as much as she has in the last few years or however long you've been married. Your children need you. I cannot go back and do a few things over. I've made mistakes. Don't let your children ever feel like someone else's call is more important than what they'd like to have from you today. I understand when tragedy happens or when when the call is sometimes you have to go. I understand that. Be very careful. By God's grace, don't do it at the expense of your family. They are dear to you. I know they are. Be there for them and for your wife. Sister Ariana, you are the most valuable asset to Brother Matt's ministry. And as I, as I share that, this is not stuff that I've read out of a book, but I've been there. You, are so, you will be so powerful to his ministry. No, you haven't been given the charge, but to be there and to believe in him When he feels like a failure sometimes, and Matt, sometimes you may feel that way, like you just didn't quite get it done right. I didn't either sometimes. And when I know I have a a wife that has my back, it makes me want to try all the harder and to keep on. I just challenge you on that, Ariana. You, You are a precious asset to him. Don't ever forget that. God bless both of you. I know your children are very small. Matt's going to need encouragement, knowing that you believe in him. And there's been so many times that I've been a recipient of that. I remember one time in particular, I was, I was over my head. And uh, there again, when I say that, sometimes it's my own fault. Maybe it's poor management in my work. I don't know. But there were a lot of church things that I was dealing with as well. A lot of pressures outside. And you know, I was just uh, sitting there in my study on a Saturday morning, sitting there with my mind, supposed to preach the next day. And I was waiting, expecting an inspiration during the week. And maybe some inspirations came, and I was moving too fast and never slowed down to catch them. I don't know. But I sat there that that Saturday morning, and my mind was about as blank as the piece of paper that was laying in front of me. And my wife comes into my office, gives me a cup of coffee and some fruit. And she sat down, didn't say much or anything. She sat there in the corner of my office, and I knew this woman had my back. Everything felt better. If I recall right, it wasn't long until I was starting to scribble some things down. Some things were happening all of a sudden. But I knew she cared about me. I knew she knew two things. She believed in me, and she had my back. And I just, I just share that as a challenge to you, Ariana. To those of you that are in the lot, that shared this evening. You've been a very important part of this service tonight. And I bless you for your, your commitment. There will be a special tie between the three of you couples to this young couple over to my far left. There will be a tie that may follow you for many, many years. Continue to be their friends. I, I believe you will. And, and to the Packway Church. Bless and walk, not only with your ministry team, not only with Matt and Ariana, but also these three couples here. They have availed themselves through your voice in being willing to fill this role tonight. Even though God has chosen Matt's this evening, walk with these couples. You know, I, like I said, I don't know what some of the feelings that some of you may go through. You may walk away and say, Wow, this, was, this is good. I'm glad it turned out that way. You know, God knows what he's doing. But as I, as I close tonight to the Peckway congregation, don't forget these three couples right here. They are valuable to you. You are valuable to each other. We need each other. And God bless you as you reach out to your ministry team here. May the Lord bless. Thank you, Brother Delmar, for preaching the word and for those words.